My dear wife asked me last night, are we going to have another sermon like last week? I said, well, if we do, you better plan my funeral. <laughs> that, about, that about killed me last week. <laughs> but wow, the Lord just was, the Lord was here uh, for sure. I know upstairs they're attempting, use that word in quotes, to make some CD copies right now for those that weren't here. Uh, it will go up on the website hopefully this week, but um, if you did not hear that, you need to hear that before it goes up on the website. Um, are you in Matthew 13? All right, well, that's where we're going to camp out here in a little bit. This summer, as God wills it, I will take my family, the second family, younger children and Ellie, as a representative of the first family, and we will stand on a seawall, and I will point out to them in Boston Harbor where the Boston Tea Party took place. Have you ever heard that history? And, you know, we, we don't necessarily think through things, but I was sharing this with the kids one day about the Boston Tea Party, and one of them said, wait a minute, Dad. I think it was Ben. He said, we're Americans. We don't drink tea. And I got to think about that, but, you know, he's right. Who drinks tea? The British. But I got to think about saying, now, wait a minute, son. When all that was going on, we were not Americans. What were we? We were a colony of the British Empire, right? And as such, as members, no, not members, citizens of the British colony, the British crown, the goal and what was happening quite cleanly and clearly is that England was not becoming like her colonies. Instead, her colonies were becoming like England. You see, in a kingdom, the goal of a kingdom is to colonize its territories. In other words, to flood its colonies with the culture of the homeland. Are you with me? And that's how come in, in, in the United, well, before it was the United States, in the, in the British colonies in, in what they called then the New World. Today we would call it North America. But the New World colonies belonging to Britain, that's why we drank tea five times a day. And that's why we had such an issue. And that's why that's the first thing we attacked. Think about this. As we began to embrace what would be the embers of a revolution, what do we attack? We didn't attack where the money was stored. We didn't attack the strongholds and, 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 the, and the military compounds that housed the representative of the British law and order. You know what we attacked? We attacked their tea. Why? It was their culture. We attacked the heart of the culture of a kingdom. 
You see, because kingdoms colonize. And that means they flood their colonies with their culture to the point that the colonies look, get this now, look just like the kingdom. We looked just like England. Now, there were some things that happened that were necessarily unjust. And so, finally, as you know the history of this nation, when these things happened to a sufficient point, taxation without representation and some other things, we crafted something called the Declaration of what? Independence. What did we say by that? Yeah, we said by that, we thank you for the start. We'll take it from here. And our former kingdom did not take kindly to this email. Matter of fact, they responded with several thousand troops in bright red coats, thankfully, so they were easy to hit. But here's the thing. I'm thankful where I live. I'm thankful for our history. But democracies don't colonize. Only kingdoms do. You know why democracies don't colonize? Because it's the declaration of what? There's your problem. There's your problem. You see, kingdoms are not about independence. Not at all. They're about an invasion. An invasion of their culture to where the colonies look just like the homeland. So what's I got to, why are you telling us a history lesson, Pastor? Because Jesus prayed, say it with me, thy kingdom what? Come. Thy will be what? Where? What's he saying? The job that I have given the church is to take the culture of heaven and saturate earth to the point that earth looks just like heaven. Is it, I mean, am I making something up or do you see that in that prayer as well? Interesting. Who asked for this prayer? The disciples did. That was their request. Hey, how should we pray? Well, first of all, know who you're talking to. Our Father in heaven, what? Hallowed be your name. Take a minute and realize that you're not talking to your neighbor, you're talking to your sovereign. You're not talking to your buddy, you're talking to Almighty God. You're not talking to the man upstairs. Don't ever use that term. You are talking to the one who created you. And then once you figure out who you're talking to, probably the next thing you ought to say is, your kingdom what? Your will be what? Where? On earth? What's he saying? Your goal, your job, your mission is to colonize earth with the culture of heaven. And that's your job. Because I've called you not to be part of the church. That's a secondary necessary result. I've called you to be part of the kingdom. You see, Jesus didn't come to start a religion. We got that all backwards. He came to institute a kingdom. You with me? 
I found a great definition of a kingdom this week. I think it'll come up on the screen. I loved it. And it's simply this. Here it is. The kingdom of heaven is, say it with me, the realm within which the will of God is reality. Write that down. You ought to write that down. The realm in which the, king, the will of God is reality. And here it is. This is so simple. I shouldn't even have to preach this. Does your everyday existence look anything like that? Does it? Does your everyday existence look anything like a realm, a system of authority? Is there an aura about you within which the will of God is an absolute reality? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You should pray it this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done in every aspect of my life today, just as if I were standing before you in the throne of God, because as the Old Testament saints understood it, we live literally, there's a, there's a Hebrew term for it, in the eye of God. It's good stuff. You see, because the kingdom of God never comes to accommodate another environment, and, I, and a church has it backwards, because we're all focused on religion and not kingdom. You see, religions accommodate kingdoms do not accommodate. They invade. They're not about accommodation. They're about the invasion and a complete hostile takeover. Are we taking it over? Are we taking over the culture? Are you taking over your cul-de-sac where you live? He said, how do you know I lived in a cul-de-sac? I know a lot of things. It frightened you if you knew what I knew about you. Christ did not come to adjust heaven to earth. He came to adjust earth to heaven. Christ did not come to adjust heaven to earth. He came to adjust earth to heaven. And God says that you are a little Christ. Well, actually, God used the people of Antioch to come up with a slur to describe these folks who are following this dead man who was supposedly resurrected. And so the worst thing they could come up with was to call him a Christian, which means a little Christ. Oh, you're just a little Christ. But God says, hey, you're Christians. You're a little Christ. So we are to be a change agent, whether it's on your job, in your home, at school, at college, whether it's in your family, your marriage, whether it's on your baseball team or in your neighborhood. We are to be little Christ change agents that are bringing about, listen, practically, realistically, the will of God to your street. Does that make sense? And you are not here to accommodate the culture. You are here to infiltrate the culture. That's your job. We got to stop accommodating. Even in the church, we got to stop trying to look like the world and start being who we are. And I'm not saying about how you dress. I'm saying who you are. In Matthew 13... Jesus tells a series of parables. There's a picture I'll come up and show you all the parables that he taught in Matthew 13. He taught seven parables in a row. And we're not going through all seven. I'm going to spare you being here till next week. We're going to go through one, and it's one verse. Okay, but he teaches seven parables. And what's really amazing, go, would, you, would you make a commitment to go home and read? Maybe just spend the week in Matthew 13. 
and observe the text. Observe what Jesus said. Because every parable, he's saying, the kingdom of heaven is like this and it's not like that. The kingdom of heaven is like a sower, a farmer, who threw some seed out. The kingdom of heaven is like a guy who finds this pearl of great price. The kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet. But our text today is found in Matthew 13, verse 33. And you'll see a picture of what he says, and we're gonna, this is what we're going to look at today. He says, the kingdom of heaven, look at verse 33. Another parable he spoke to them. The kingdom of heaven is like what? What's it say in your Bible? Leaven or what? Yeast. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal. Meal is another word for flour, until it was all leavened. So, so Jesus is using a very short parable to try to describe to them. I call this the similes of the kingdom. Simile is a comparison using like or as. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. That this woman takes, she has three lumps of dough. And she puts yeast into all three lumps. Until they all, what happens when you put yeast in dough? It rises. It gets bigger, doesn't it? Yeah, it increases the mass. It, is this the word? It invades the dough until the dough becomes more like the yeast. It expands the borders of the dough. Let me, let, me, let me give you some ideas about yeast. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. Number one, yeast is never afraid of the dough. The yeast is never afraid of the dough. The Bible has a lot to say about fear, doesn't it? Now, the dough is bigger than the yeast. In a minute, I'm going to show you a picture of yeast. It's like little tiny pellets against this huge lump of dough, but the yeast never sweats it. Here's what, here's what the Word of God says. Look at this verse in Luke 12, 32. Do not what, church? Fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you what? The kingdom. What are you afraid of? Yeast is never afraid of the dough. It's, it's His good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Don't, don't be afraid. Look at this next one. Number two, dough is always bigger than yeast. The dough is always bigger than a little bit of yeast that he put. If you did a comparison, you're like, you've got to be kidding me. These three little pellets to this huge lump of dough, really? This is not going to work. Come back in two hours and tell me that again. The Bible has something to say about that in 2 Timothy 1.7. Here's what it says. For God has not given us a, say it with me, the spirit of fear. But what? But of power and of love and of a sound mind. Next time you're afraid, you just say, you know what? That's coming from somewhere, but it's not God because he has not given me a spirit of fear. I have a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. I know what I'm doing by the grace of Almighty God. And I got the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so the yeast is not afraid of the dough, even though the dough is always bigger than the yeast. Look at this next one. This is the truth. Yeast looks helpless. Number three, yeast looks helpless. If you look at these few little pellets of yeast against the whole lump of dough, you think, there's no way this is going to work. It's not going to happen. But it does. Hebrews 13, 6. 
is a direct quote of Psalm 118, verse 6. And here's what it says. So we may boldly say, say it with me. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Now say it like you really believe it. I what can man do to me? What can man, you can't touch me. You can't touch. The Lord's my helper. Who you got? Who's on your side? Now that dough might look helpless and it might look like overwhelming odds. You in the environment that God has stuck you in. But he put you there not to accommodate but to invade. Look at this picture. This is what yeast looks like. Look how teeny tiny. Can you even see that? That's small stuff. And you just put a, you ladies that bake bread and stuff like that, you just put a few pellets in this big lump, don't you? And what happens to that lump? Those few pellets take over, don't they? They sure do. Here's number four. This is so cool. Yeast never makes noise when it's invading the dough. Do you hear me? Yeast just kind of does what yeast does. Doesn't get excited. Not real loud. It, it kind of cracks me up sometimes. I've been in situations where there's been obvious demonic activity. And all of a sudden, my brethren, they start yelling. They're like, hey, Satan's not hard of hearing. You don't got to yell at him. And you don't got to get a big voice because he's, you know, if you read the word, he's not really impressed with you. He's not scared of you. You can yell all you want. Satan, if, if you go in there in your own power and get real loud, Satan will kick your tail. I've seen that. I've actually been a part of watching that happen. Okay? That happened to me. And a little eight-year-old boy blackened my eye and chipped my tooth. Because I thought I'd come in there and, and, and Satan was hard of hearing and I would handle this. And I backed off and I said, Lord, this is too big for me. And the Spirit of God came on me and I dealt with that kid with a still, small voice. And got quiet and so did he. And God did something that only God can do. You see, the Bible says in... Uh, Isaiah 53, talking about Jesus himself. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he did what? He didn't open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And, if, and the verse finishes said, and says, and as, a, and as a, um, a lamb, keep going please, and as a sheep before its shears is what? Silent, he did what? He didn't open his mouth. He, was just, he just kept quiet. And God did miraculous things. So, so we don't got to get out there and call all this kind of attention to ourselves. We just need to be who we are. Change agents for the kingdom. Number five, yeast grows only under the pressure of heat. Right? What do you do with yeast to keep it from activating? Where do you store it? In the fridge, right? You store it in the fridge. Why? Because if you don't, it, it's going to wake up. Do I have to connect this dot? Sometimes we are acting like the frozen chosen. I swear, you people, you think we were baptized in embalming fluid. I mean, and we're so cold that we're not awakened. And what does it take? Take some heat from the outside to wake us up. Some pressure. And don't be afraid of that. The Bible says in Matthew 5 and 44, come up here on the screen. Here's what the scripture says. But I say to you, do what to your enemies? Love them. And bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And can you believe this? And pray for those who spitefully use you. And persecute you. Got anybody like that in your life? You yelling at them? Or are you praying for them? The dough, 
yeast only grows under pressure. Here's, here's one more. Once the dough receives the yeast, you can't extract it. <laughs> Did you get that? Once the dough receives the yeast, it's all over. That dough does not have a prayer. That dough is going to be affected. And you can't separate it. Once it's in there, it's a part of it, and it's, it's a done deal. It's what we call that game over. Game over. And listen to me. This is what I want to say today. God, you are yeast. That's what Jesus said. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. And God, God folded you into your environment for a reason. Are, are you with me? He put you there to, to bring the kingdom like yeast affects the dough. It's an invasion from an outside force. God put you on that job, listen to me, because your job needs some yeast. That job that you're going to go to tomorrow morning, which you hate, listen to me, God Almighty put you there. Because that job needs some yeast. God made you a teacher, some of you, because your school needs some yeast. God made some of you a funeral director because the dead need some life. And I don't mean the bodies you deal with. I mean the bodies you work with. That environment needs some yeast. And and so because it does, God said, I'm going to send you there to invade the funeral business. Some of you, God made a manager of a store because that store needs some yeast. Some of you, God made a board member because the government of Lake Wildwood needs some yeast. That's why you're there. You're not there to accommodate. You're there to infiltrate. It's an invasion. Some of you God made to be a stay-at-home mom. Because your home needs some yeast. You need to bring the kingdom of God. He puts you in that very place that needs the influence of the kingdom. Does that make sense this morning? So are we? I mean, when, when you walk into work tomorrow morning or you wake those kids up tomorrow morning, you should say, get ready because the yeast is here. <laughs> hey, hey, you look here. The kingdom of God just showed up. It came with me. Amen. And you all might outnumber me. You all might think that your darkness can put out this light, but you get ready. I'm fixing to yeast this place up. Because I'm here for one reason, to bring the kingdom. You have been invaded. That's your notice. And your, your place of work, your place of influence, your home, your house, your office, your workplace ought to look more like Jesus when you leave than when you came because it's an invasion. It's not an accommodation. We've forgotten who we are. And when the pressure comes on you, don't sweat it. Because you say, okay, guys, turn up the heat. We're really fixing to yeast this place. Y'all, y'all just don't know what you just did. When those kids rise up and get in your face and say, but why should I? I say, oh, I'm fixing to yeast up this place. <laughs> Let me tell you right now, because I am here to be like Jesus. And the kingdom of God, the, the will of God is going to happen in this place one way or another. And I'm going to show you what it looks like. I'm not going to say you have to do this. I'm going to show you what it looks like on my end. And I want you to take me by the hand and do what I do. And be who I am by the grace of God. Maybe you're here today. Because sometimes I feel I've got to connect these dots. Because the enemy is, is in every pew with Novocaine. 
and distraction right now. But maybe you're here today and you're in a marriage. And God put you in that marriage because your spouse, that one who's so hard to live with, that spouse needs some yeast. So stop trying to get out of that marriage because God put you there to yeast that marriage for the glory of God. For the glory of the kingdom. We're trying to find the exit and God keeps closing the exit and getting us a U-turn and we go right back into the thing. God, why am I here? Let's start remembering why we're here. God put us here to expand the kingdom through his influence. He's going to use us to do it. And by the way, no one was ever nagged into the kingdom. But they were often influenced into the kingdom. Say, what more do I have to do to this person to destroy them? You can't destroy me because I, the yeast always wins. That's another thing that's interesting. The dough never overcomes the yeast. The yeast always infects and then influences the dough. And when it's all over, that lump of dough looks very different than how it started. So God's going to keep turning that heat up. Why? Because heat activates the kingdom inside of you. The dough never wins. The gates of hell will not prevail. And by the way, you know, I used to hear that thing. Okay, so we're being attacked by hell, but the gates aren't going to stand up. You know, I got to reading that one day, and I realized, no, wait a minute. Gates, all cities were gated, right? That's how they protected themselves. Uh, Yeah, walls with these huge, heavy, uh, massive wooden gates. And the gates were there. To keep the enemy out. Listen, the gates were never an offensive weapon. They were a last resort defensive posture. Now hear that verse again. And the gates of hell will not be able to hold up against the onslaught of yeasted believers in the kingdom. <laughs> Did he get that? We're not supposed to be having a holy huddle in the church. We're supposed to be out there knocking down the gates of the kingdom of darkness. And some of you, it's right in your home when you wake up in the morning. Does that make sense? We're on the offense. No wonder we're losing. We want to run to the house of God in a holy huddle and just stay there and say, Oh, it's so bad outside. Even so, Lord Jesus, come. I got news for you. He, you got some yeasting to do before he shows back up. Stop asking Jesus to come fix everything while we do nothing. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, Lord, well, you know what? I'm so pitiful and lazy and, and so cold. I'm not going to do anything, so you're just going to have to come back and fix this whole huge mess that we've made of things. Uh-uh. You have not read the same Bible I've read. It's not occupy till I come. It's take ground and, and bring the kingdom of God to this earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in it saturate the culture of earth until it looks just like heaven and start with the person you look at in the mirror every morning. I'm not making this up. It's all over the scripture. There's another thought. Yeast is never intimidated by dough. Yeast is just, see, amen. Somebody's getting it. Out of the mouth of babes, amen. Yeast is never intimidated by dough. Be honest. How many of you walk into work and say, ooh, I'm just going to get underneath that radar and just do my job and get out of here. 
because there's more of them than there are of me. You are yeast. What you ought to say is, y'all in trouble now. Because the kingdom of God just showed up. The kingdom of God is here, and it's here in me. and, And you don't scare me. I fear one person. His name is the risen King of kings and the Lord of lords. Him I fear. You, not so much. And some of you mamas, you need to look in the eyes of those little toddlers and say, I love you, but I'm not scared of you. I fear one person. His name is Jesus, and that's not your name. If that's your kid's name, you should change it. All right? Who do we fear? We're not intimidated. One last thing. This is so important. Yeast never becomes dough. It only infects it and influences it. We are to be in the world, but not what? Of the world. You see, you'll never win the world by becoming like it. You'll win the world by being salt, by being light, by being an invading, infecting source like yeast is to dough. As a kingdom citizen, we do not become like one of them. In the world, but not of the world. If you're becoming like them, listen to me, listen to me. If, you're, if you walk into your surroundings, your, as you are going life, and you look just like everybody else around you. You look just like the world. You approach your relationships just like the world does. If I can look on Facebook and see what you're posting, it looks no different than the world. Guess what? You might not be in the kingdom. If you look like the world, if you smell like the world, if you act like the world, you're probably on that team. Because the kingdom is something very different. I don't know about you, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven does not look like a lot of what I'm seeing. On social media, it doesn't look like a lot of what I'm hearing out of people's mouths today. Should we be concerned? But I'm telling you what, if your world around you is becoming more like you, as you become more like Jesus, then you are an ambassador. You are a kingdom citizen by the grace of God through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And by the way, one last thing, when yeast is hanging around yeast, it's useless absolutely useless except to take up space in a cold place yeast is no good when it's hanging around other yeast it's only activated when it's placed into the dough so my goal today is just to yeast your yeast and to tell you stop being afraid of getting out there and making the kingdom impact and don't think you have to do it you just go and bring Jesus with you he does the rest and I want to close with this this morning, you see this map up here. You probably can't see it real well, but I encourage you to come up and look at this out. You're going to see more and more of this. It's been hanging on our wall for a year and a half. Because two years ago, I went on a 40-day fast. For 40 days, I didn't eat a thing. And I asked God, God, you have put me in Wildwood. You've put this church in Wildwood. And we're not, we're not doing it. We're not touching this community. What do we do? And there's something about fasting, especially extended fasting, that really turns up the heat, kills your flesh, but it makes the yeast in you, the kingdom in you, come to the surface. And boy, God just, just so beautifully just laid this out. He said, 
be who you are. The reason we're not affecting the community is because we're not living the kingdom outside of these doors. And the reason we're not living the kingdom outside the doors is the temperature is too low in the church. See, because, and, and you're going to see this in the, in the very near future, there are nine distinct neighborhoods represented on this map. Did you know Lake Wildwood is split up in nine neighborhoods? For example, my wife and I and our family, we are in the Cherokee neighborhood, the Indian neighborhood. What that means is that we have a last name that's unpronounceable, and now we get to live on a street you can't pronounce either. So our king has a sense of humor. And if that's not enough, we got another set of deciduals that live six houses down the road. We get in each other's mail. Um, so this is, this is the Cherokee neighborhood. This is the westward uh, expansion or westward Ho neighborhood. Um, this is the King Arthur neighborhood. This is the Camelot neighborhood and so on. And so there's nine of them. And here's the thing. That's, you say, what? Pastor, what is this? This is your dough. That's your lump of dough. You say, I don't live in Wildwood. Then you are missionaries to this lump of dough. If you don't live in Wildwood, then God has called you here as a missionary, as an outside invading force to help us uh, leaven with the kingdom of God, the neighborhood of Lake Wildwood. Say, what about my neighborhood? Join us. You get salty enough, you get that leaven, that yeast activated, <laughs> you'll be doing the same thing in your own neighborhood. This is it. That's our lump of dough, and it's pretty flat. And God put each and every one of us there. And that's the vision that God gave me. It's called house to house, home to home, and heart to heart. And my goal, ultimately, is that each of those nine neighborhoods would have one person who's a salty, leavened believer who's going to yeast a place that will stand and say, I will, I, will be the, I will be the shepherd over this neighborhood. And then to carry that on down, nine believers over nine neighborhoods, down to each street. And my goal ultimately is to see this thing where we have one believing family who takes care of the houses directly around them, side to side and across the street. Quarter three strands cannot be easily broken. And that we got believers. I'm not just looking for people who live in Lake Wildwood. I'm looking for Lake Wildwooders who are part of the kingdom. They don't have to come to this church. But they got to be a part of the kingdom. they got to be yeast that can be activated by a move of the Holy Spirit. What would happen? What would happen if we could put... If we could put Markers on each one of these neighborhoods and that somebody is looking out for two other people on either side of them and we got the kingdom influence purposefully going on on every single street on every single home in Lake Wildwood. You know what would happen then? Then we would know when the 85-year-old lady is widowed and living next door and needs her yard mowed and we would get some of these young people in our church say, here's a mower, go mow their yard. When the old man across the street, the old veteran who who doesn't have the income anymore, the ability, or the family to re-roof his house. What happens? The neighbor, who's a part of the kingdom, who is yeast, finds out 
We make phone calls. We have something called Builders for Christ in the Mid-State Baptist Association. We call them. We put the labor force together. We go over and we re-roof their house. And what happens? Wildwood gets leavened. The darkness cannot overcome the light. What is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. My question to you is, are you like yeast? And if, amen. And if you're not, if your street doesn't look like the kingdom, you ought to be concerned about that. I can't fix that, but I know someone who can. And he wants to do that through you today. Let me get the worship team to come.